Father, thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage. Thank you that someone under the sound of our voice this morning will be healed. Thank you for the deliverance of your word and the understanding of the kingdom of God. Help us as we take time to understand the word of God. That someone will get their deliverance as they understand. That's the cry of our hearts. Is that the spirit of understanding will come upon your people. And someone's going to walk in this victory in Jesus' mighty name. We all agree and say, Amen and Amen. So, as we continue in the fast, Luke chapter 4 and verse 4. This message is the most important message for your life and for your future. We're going to take the time to understand some scripture. I want you to take notes because your whole life is locked up in this moment. I'm going to teach. There's so much revelation flowing. I'm having to take my time because there's some things for Wednesday night already that God has spoken to. Wednesday night's message that you had is very powerful. Don't miss Wednesday night. Share this broadcast as well with anybody. There's plenty going on across the globe. And uh, next Wednesday, we'll be teaching some things as, as well. What does the year of the raw look like? So welcome to all our friends and family across the globe, the pastors that have been joining in as well. There's plenty going on. I have to contain myself, and I think Pastor Z is the one who catches most of it because I keep on talking and writing, and she's saying, what's the Lord saying here? And what's this understanding over here? And so... Let's take some time to teach, and my prayer is that the anointing will really touch you and really give you an understanding. I pray you settled, and I come against every disturbance in your environment that you can gain understanding. This is kingdom stuff. The title of my sermon this morning is Decoding the System. Decoding the System. I want you to clearly understand this this morning, because if you get this right, and I believe you're going to get it right, your life will never be the same again can tell you what God has done in my life and done for many others around me that we've been teaching and training. We're going to dive a little deep. These are not shallow waters. We're going to go for a bit of a swim today in deep waters, but I know you're going to catch it because, you know, sometimes your mind wouldn't fully understand it and grasp it, but your spirit, the deposits coming into your spirit so you can understand. And God will unpack it as you go along. This is the fasting so Jesus goes, is led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness to fast. And I want you to please take note of the three temptations. But Jesus, um, Luke chapter 4 verse 1, sorry guys, not 4. Luke chapter 4, and if you can give me verse 1 first. says, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan. He has his water baptism. And now he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when he had ended, he was hungry. That tells you that when you feel at 12 o'clock in the day, when you started fasting at 8 in the morning, when you feel that pain in your stomach, that's not hunger pangs. That's just gases. Your system's trying to get rid of the gases. The Bible says after 40 days, 
Hunger only kicks in after 40 days. All right. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, there's so much revelation in this piece. There's plenty we need to unpack. Command the stone to become bread. So come into a performance mode. Jesus refused that temptation. And so must you. Because I'm giving you the coding system this morning. But Jesus answered him and said, It is written. You better know the scriptures. You better know some word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The proceeding word of God. Verse 5 says, Then the devil take him up on a high mountain. You've got to understand this. The devil and his power on display can take the son of man and take him up on a pinnacle of the temple. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Verse 6. You got to work with me. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory. All kingdoms come with glory. For this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. The devil's also looking for worship. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, we've got some scripture, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Sorry, the high mountain is first. The pinnacle of the temple is next. He said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. So Satan's quoting scripture back to him. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. Satan knows scripture. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is really important to understand. So if you go to the next verse, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. So Jesus breaks into the system of the kingdom of darkness. He unlocks, he sits with the codes and he unlocks the kingdom of darkness. For this reason, the Son of Man was made manifest, was to undo the work of the devil. So the devil is sitting with a system and he is sitting with the codes. And he is using, as Jesus is standing, looking to pick the lock of his system through the fast. Satan is tempting him. And in the temptation is the secret codes. Pay attention. In there is the codes. So, 
This is a week. I hope you're paying attention to the news and seeing what's happening across the globe. The USA, we are praying for you. This week is vital. And what God has to do through that nation, there's plenty going on. I hope you're paying attention. These are no ordinary times. You are living in a season that if you, if you are asleep in this month, especially January and in this season, you are missing a whole lot that God is doing. Across the globe this week, the Italian government plunged into crisis. Study the Italian government. Estonia's prime minister resigns over corruption scandal. One week, the Dutch prime minister resigns over child benefits scandal. And Angela Merkel resigns. She's been in power and nobody's been able to contest and deal with her. She steps down. The German government in, in, in disarray. Russia is reconsidering Putin himself. Putin is he's considering how his government will run in the future. And I, I mentioned this yesterday. I said I had a crazy dream that I'm not going to share right now because the dream could create a lot of shaking in people. But there's something coming for the future that God, I believe, is showing us that we need to pay attention with. So this is the, it's the year of the raw. And you must pay attention to what's going on in the spiritual realm. There are things manifesting in the natural, but there are some things that are happening in the spiritual realm that you must begin to understand. So Jesus, while he's fasting, everybody is, is carrying on with their lives. And what he's doing is, he's unlocking with the code that he's being tested with, he's, he's unlocking the systems of darkness. That's what the fast does. So whenever you look at the coding, there, there's got to be, there's more than three in this moment because whenever you're dealing with the door, the opening, a door can open up because of your effort. You come to the door, you push on the handle, you push it open. The door doesn't open because you say so. There's got to be an anointing on you that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for He has anointed me too. So I use my anointing and I can push on a door and I can get a door to open. There's other doors that only open because of proximity. You come close to the door, it was closed all along, boom, the door opens because of your proximity. Some of you not understand, you need to get up from where you are and you begin to move toward that that God has got for you. It looks like the door is closed, but because when I begin to get up and I begin to move, boom, here comes my healing. Hallelujah. There are doors that open because of identity. That means face recognition and fingerprints. So there are certain doors that will open to Tasman, not because of anything she's done, but because she's my daughter. It's a family name. So she uses my name in vain. There are other doors that open because you've been given a key. An actual key. Someone handed you a key. So you use the key that they have. And you don't have to know any detail. You open up the door and you can unlock it. Then there are other doors that open 
Because you have a code. Tick, tick, tick. They see your face, your fingerprint, and you press the code. So the identity issues, I'm assuming this morning as a child of God in the kingdom of God, that you understand your identity. Because Satan was saying, he says, if you're the son of God, he's now questioning his identity. Now, Jesus is coming in to unlock the system. So he comes and he stands before him and he says, if you're the son of God. No, but you were at my water baptism. God didn't say I'm the son of God. He says, this is my beloved son. I'm not just the son of God. I am loved by my father. Come on, somebody. Does anybody know their identity in Christ this morning? 152 scriptures that tells you who you are in Christ. I don't want to go ahead and, and start to preach yet because I need to behave this morning. Amen. What it does is once you get your identity straight, it allows you to stand before the door. The next thing is that you need some code. You need some codes. This is what we call the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now I need revelation of how to walk through these doors so that I can walk with the codes. Now listen to what I say to you up front. The codes in the kingdom of God, this is what it says in Mark chapter 4 verse 11. This is what God gave me when I started fasting and praying many years ago. I'm just newly born again. I just heard about fasting. So I get into the presence of God and all God is saying to me. And he says to me, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. What's a parable? It's just a story. For some people, they think the Bible is just a nice story. Why? Because these things are hidden from them. He says, but to you, it's not a story. It's the code for your future. And I need you to understand that. So these mysteries don't come from no textbook. It comes from the presence of God when you are fasting and praying. I need somebody to say amen. So God gives you the coding, but here's the deal. He doesn't, so, so Pastor Max, what's the code? Here's the secret. God doesn't give you the code. He makes you the code. That means when you show up, it's not something you got from someone else. It's not a borrowed anointing. It means that you paid a price for what you are doing. That's why you're fasting and you're praying. Because what is God doing? He's making you. He is making you the code so that when, no matter who, what happens in your life, if Elijah dies, they can take a dead man and lay him on the grave of Elijah and this man will come back to life because he's sitting with the code. Is somebody going to hear me this morning that God's going to make you the person that the world is coming to search out and even if they try to steal the code, it ain't going to work, baby. It's not going to work because when you get into the presence of God and you begin to fast and pray, what God does on the inside of you, no man can rob you of it. No man can take it away from you. And even if they kill Elijah, his bones will make somebody else still come alive because it is he's the code. Hallelujah. Proverbs 25 verse 2, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings... To search out a matter. The glory of kings. You were supposed to search it out. You weren't supposed to be sitting home. You don't seek 
if, the, if you don't seek the kingdom, the kingdom will not seek you. You've got to get up from where you are as a king of, in the kingdom of God and go to the door and say, okay, I know who I am. I know what God done for me. I know I'm the righteousness of God. But now I need some code to go into and break the poverty from my family. Come on, somebody. To break the depression that our family's been living in. I need some coding to go into the medical field and bring back the answer for the kingdom of God and let the nation know that we are covert free in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. So Deuteronomy 29 verse 29. The secret things belongs to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever. Is anybody hearing the Lord this morning? If, if Pastor Brian can get into a fast, into a prayer, if Pastor Michelle and Graham can get into a time of fasting and praying, once they get the code, once they get the coding, once they understand how the system works, they're able to say, Timothy... Judah, here's the code. Because I'm not just fasting for me. My children that are coming behind me are going to get the codes. They're going to learn how because the secret thing belongs to the th secret things belongs to the Lord. But that which He reveals to us. Can somebody lift their hands this morning and say, Father, I need them coding you this morning. I need you to give me revelation and the spirit of understanding of what is really going on. Luke 16, 16. Let me tell you, child of God, religions, religious systems have failed. Governments have failed. People are walking in absolute darkness. Luke 16, 16. It says, the law and the prophets were until John, John the Baptist. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing the codes to get in they're standing and trying and nee, not allowed and then they start again this morning somebody in this house is going to get the codes and they're going to begin to understand how to walk with the power of the kingdom of God. They're going to know that there is a, a kingdom that operates and works. Because the mysteries are going to be revealed to you. That you can pass this coding down to your children. Can somebody shout, are you excited this morning for the word hallelujah? Hallelujah, glory be to God. So there's a couple of things in there after your identity. There's a couple of things that he's tempting him with. Let's get into the temptation. Number one was provision, two was protection, and three was promotion. He promises him, he says, look, if you worship me in this kingdom, I'll give you authority, I'll give you promotion. He says, you're hungry, you can turn these stones into bread. He says, man shall not live by bread alone. He says, you can now throw yourself down here and get into a place of performance. And then you know that the angels will come and take care of you. Now anytime you don't understand that your provision comes from the Lord, or promotion comes from God, or your protection comes from God, 
you're going to run to the governments and you're going to go and you're going to say whatever they say for my protection, it's going to be good. I don't want to get into this this morning. But I am telling you, do not trust the world system to, to, to provide for you, to protect you, and to promote you. The reason why you've come into the fast is because God becomes not only your source, He, he becomes your only source. He's not the one only that's going to protect you. <laughs> the righteous run into Him and you are saved. You're not going to ever be able to have a vaccination or anything that will keep you from watching. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, people across the globe. The very first time you see your enemy is at his weakest. Don't you ever believe that he'll come back and say to you, here's your first injection, your vaccination, now you're free. Here's your second, now you're free. Oh no, by the way, we missed that one. Here's the third one. The intention with the enemy is to always keep you on lockdown. He's got no intention of setting the world free. We're going to need a kingdom system with somebody who's got the codes to break open this thing and educate the people they, the way they need to be educated and bring an answer from the kingdom of God because God loves and cares for people. And the world doesn't. Don't expect the solution to come from the same people who created the problem. So here are three things that you need to understand during your fast. To go a little deeper this morning, to understand about promotion, to understand about provision and protection. You've got to go to the Lord. For some, trust in horses and others in chariots. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Listen to me today. You don't run around trying to make sure that everybody else is safe and lock your children into a system that even after you've died, they are bound by a system. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 3 to 4. It's a very challenging season because I'm coming under attack because of the things that I'm questioning. They're saying, just take the vaccination. What's wrong with you? Can I ask what's in it? Can I ask who made it? Can I ask who's the source of this? Because not everybody, and if I look at some people's history that claims to be the experts in this area, Go and have a look at their history and go and see how they messed up people's lives. And you want me to put my life and my care into, my, into your trust? Are you kidding me? Can I ask a question? Don't get mad at me if I'm, I'm preaching and asking a question. Why are you mad at me because I'm asking who made it? Where does it come from? Do these people really care about people? No, they don't. No, they don't. I'm going to trust God and I'm going to trust His word. Because let me tell you today, you can't live forever while you're trying to preserve your life. You better have your life preserved in Christ. You better be not concerned about somebody that can kill your body in this lifetime. You've got to be concerned about your soul for eternity. And I am telling you today, the agenda of these people is not to save the world. With all your kindness, never built one vegetable patch, never gave land to grow vegetables and to save people's lives. All we hear is vaccination after vaccination. 95 vaccinations. Children must come through. There's some stuff that's going on. It's crazy. And they don't want to tell you about the damage. Let me get over this. Because I'm, my, my concern is that people are so concerned about this lifetime. So want to preserve you. Oh, as long as my children, as long as my mother and my father stay alive. 
What about your children when you're gone? I'm just asking a question. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 3. So when you come into this place of fasting and praying, you now need to ask some questions. What is this temptation that the enemy is throwing at the church? What is this thing that is happening around the body of Christ and the people? If you don't answer these questions correctly, you can't live in the peace and the protection and the provision that God has got, even the promotion. He's speaking about Jesus in the wilderness. Let's go to the wilderness when Israel walked through the wilderness. There's something and secrets and some things that get unlocked when you understand what happened in the wilderness. So Hebrews is explaining the tabernacle and explaining what it means. So if you study Hebrews chapter 9, you'll understand what the tabernacle was all about. The tabernacle was the outer court, the, the holy place and the most holy place. Three, three divisions, three codes. Three is the number of God's approval. That's why it's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's why you are spirit, soul, and body. You find it's God's number of approval. When you get these three codes together around promotion, protection, and provision, you unlock your future. So he's explaining to you there's something in the third part. There's also something called the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is where the presence of God was, but you need to understand what was in it. There were three articles in it as well, which got God's approval. And when you study the Ark of the Covenant and its journey, you'll find how they used the tabernacle, stayed behind, but the presence of God is what the priests carried into and to unlock um, the walls of Jericho. They walked around it, and wherever they went, the presence of God went with them, but it was not so much about the box and what it looked like. It was what was in the box. And so, even to the time when David became king, um, the king before him, saw was operating as a leader, but he didn't have the presence of God. The first thing that David, when he became king, the first thing that he went after was the Ark of the Covenant. Even the enemy knew if we hide the Ark of the Covenant, if we steal it, they're never going to get victory. So Saul fails as a leader because he doesn't have the Ark of the Covenant. So when David comes, he goes after the Ark of the Covenant first. And when he gets the order right about the kingdom of God, his promotion, his protection, his, his provision, his progress, all of that is locked up in that. And David knew it because it was the presence of God. What you must understand in your time of fasting, once you understand your identity, you understand that the presence of God is your priority. But in this box, three things. Hebrews chapter 9 lets us know. And behind the second veil, so you're coming into the first veil, you go from the outer court through the first veil into the holy place. From, this, from the holy place, you go through the second veil, which is now in the most holy place. And so behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant. That was where the presence of God was. Overlaid on all sides with gold. So it's made of gold. In which were... Three things. Here's your temptation. 
the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. So the Ten Commandments are in there. They had manna that after the day it would get stale. You couldn't preserve it for the next day, but God did something to remind them of how He provided for them in the wilderness. So in the Ark of the Covenant was God's provision. In the Ark of the Covenant was God's protection because it is made up of the Ten Commandments. As long as they obeyed the Ten Commandments, God's protection was upon them. And the third thing in there was Aaron's rod that budded. I'm, I can't get into all of them this morning. I'm going to go and we're going to drive. We're going to dive into one. As you understand, the revelation when you are dealing with your need in the earth, this is your fasting time. If you are, so you're hungry, Jesus, turn these stones into bread. He says, man shall not live by bread alone. Because what did God do for them? God loads them with gold, silver, all the ornaments, gives them favor, brings them out of Egypt, puts it on them, and there's not one mall to go and spend it on. Because what is God doing? God's teaching them how to rely upon Him and not look to the world for your provisions. Not look, he, he, he gets them to go and use that that He put on them to build the tabernacle. But He says, God says, but for you, I'm going to take care of you. And you've got to hear me, leader. When you're starting of a ministry, pastors are asking me and other leaders we, we, we're ministering, if, if you're coming into the ministry because of somebody's check, and they've got money for you. You've missed God already. Because you can't come into the kingdom of God and start anything with the kingdom of God in your own ability and your own strength. Because what is the wilderness for? The wilderness is to strip you from the people you depended upon, the things you relied upon, your, your, your uncle's checkbook, your father's cars. That's what God does. In the time of wilderness, the number one thing is that God drops a manna in the wilderness. He says, wake up every single morning and fetch as much as you need for your day. What is God teaching you? How to trust and rely upon them. You know, you know many of them went and they, 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 they said, God said, you only take up for one day. On, before the Sabbath, because you're not going out on the day before the Sabbath, take it twice as much so that you can eat the next day. But don't, don't store the stuff. What is, what is manna? It means, what's this? It means that I go to God's Word to go and fetch whatever I need. You need a car, you go and you go into the Word of God because whatever you need, heaven must supply. Come on, somebody. This is the provision. This is how it works in the kingdom of God. You don't run and go and depend upon world systems. You don't go and take care of you. This is when you come and understand that man shall not live by bread alone. Do you understand that Adam and Eve never ate in the garden? When he says you may freely eat, they never ate because of for nourishment they ate for revelation 
That's why you and you come into the Word of God and you're going to abide in His Word and His Word abides in you. You can ask whatever you want and it must be done for you. Is anybody hearing me today? If the Word of God is not what you're leaning upon, you are in trouble. The world system is failing. The governments are failing. The world is in a mess. You better have a word this morning. That's why you're fasting and praying because you are digging into the Word of God. You are eating as much as you can because man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proves listen to me child of God listen to me the devil cannot tempt you outside of things he's got to throw things at you and he wants to know will you cry if you have a little ding on your car Tasman oh my car I've watched our people lose a holiday because I'm going to get into trouble. Your reaction if, you, if your car got dinged, you're okay. But the things that you built your world around, how much does it matter when the Lord says to you, you know how many times in my house, pastors walked in there, oh, this couch is nice. I'm like, okay, you want it, you can have it. I pastors, I'll, I'll replace your couch. Oh, oh, this picture is so amazing. Please wrap this thing, huge portrait, take it. You can have it. Anytime they would come, I would, I'm looking for ways so that things don't have me. God don't mind you having things. The problem in the fasting time, the question is, does the things have you? If you don't have it the way you want, are you sad? Are you crying? Are you moaning? Are you complaining? Because you don't have the things. I've got to move on. My time is moving. My time is moving. Glory be to God. You see, you've got to get to a place when God take, tells Abraham, now you take your son, your only son, the one whom you love, and take it up on the mountain. Why? What's God doing? God is finding out where Abraham's affection lies. He's asking you, is your mind on the things? Is that why you came into the kingdom of God? Because if you don't kill that thing, when you walk through the abundance of what God has got for you, you're going to trip up in that place because daddy's house is huge. And there's plenty. The question is, is it the things that you are after or is it the God of the things that can supply? When he got up with, with his son and he wanted to kill his son, God got to a place and said, Abraham, now I know. Don't kill the boy. Because now I know you've got to get your place in your life concerning the manner that the things that you go after, that the things will never have you. The things you cannot take with you to heaven. You can't take your car with you. You can't take your house with you. You can't take that beautiful wardrobe with you. The question is, what are you holding on to? If God tells you to sow something, to give something, to give to someone else in the season, does those things, does it bother you? Or are you not even leaning into God anymore to ask, can I pass this on to someone else? Can God speak to you about that suit, those shoes, that wardrobe is so full, you're not going to travel in the next year even. But no, I, just in case I travel, when can you just sow it? It's quiet in this church this morning. Oh my God. How, how has these things got you? God can provide again tomorrow, man. You know, it's good when we say, hey, here's a new car. The question is, can, can God ask you to sow a car? As long 
as God is not your only source, you're not ready for the kingdom of God. You can't have the codes. Everything else must become a resource. And God must become your only source. I need to move beyond this. The gates of hell will always prevail against anybody who is tempted with things. I'm believing God this morning that you will no longer make decisions based on how much is placed before you. Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw that Sodom and Gomorrah was better. It was greener. Like Judas, you can no longer be paid 30 pieces of silver to cancel your future. He was brought into a place and was given codes. And when the testing time came, Judas couldn't let go of the money. This is what happens. The Bible speaks of Moses. He had faith to refuse. May the Lord put inside of every single one of you the faith to refuse. That if you sleep with me, I'll give you this contract. Faith to refuse. If you go and you do this thing for me, I will come and tithe and I'll come in. I'm telling you, I cannot be bought. You cannot come and, sell and, and, and use my gift and think that you can sell. I, I, I'm not for sale. Come on, you are not for sale. Somebody shout yes. The second thing, hallelujah, is the kingdom. He's looking in the kingdom. Number one, there's manna in this box. Two, there is the Ten Commandments. In this machinery, Satan went when he robbed Adam and Eve of the, the kingdom, was given to them. He establishes a kingdom and all of its machinery. In there is promotion. What is the kingdom? Media, arts, and entertainment, education, government, economics, religion, family. Seven mountains. He builds this machinery. He says to Jesus, if you bow down to me, I will promote you in my kingdom. You must learn how to say, nah. Jesus says, no, no, no. We've come with our own kingdom. We've come with a value system. It's built on the Ten Commandments. Come on, somebody. Jesus never came to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. He came to bring in a new kingdom that is built upon loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. God is number one in this kingdom. We're going to worship Him alone. Is there anybody going to take some time and throw your hands up and say, I cannot be bought. You cannot promote me, devil. You can't put me in your kingdom with your time. You can't tell me how to walk in the kingdom of, of, of your kingdom because if you took me up, if you put me up, you can take me down. But exaltation coming from the Lord. Is there anybody going to begin to shout and say, yes, Lord? You must understand that there was a mother that came with her two sons and she came to ask Jesus in, in, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. He says, look, I've got two sons. I see you coming into your kingdom. He says, you know, let one son sit on your right hand the other one on the left in your kingdom. Jesus says, it does not work like this in this kingdom. Everybody shout, this is not that. Say, this is not that. I am helping a leader this morning 
that is not only having to trust God. Listen, you need all three codes to function as a child of God. If you're going to walk in victory, you're going to need all three codes. Number one, God is my only source. Number two, I don't need you to promote me. I don't need your thank you. I don't need you to come and blow smoke in my face. I don't need you to come in and try and encourage me because if I am depending upon you every day to find out how I am, I fail in my assignment because I need to remind myself it is God who promotes me. This mother says, take my two boys, put one on your right, the other on my left. Jesus says, you know that the world systems built that way. They lord it over them and they then want titles in the kingdom. He says, it doesn't work like this in the kingdom of God because here you've come to serve your way to the top. You need to lay your life down in the kingdom of God. You haven't come to seek your own glory. You've come to fast and ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? Is there anybody going to hear me this morning? You just, he says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Until you laid your agenda down, you are not ready for the kingdom of God. Until you lay your agenda down, you're not ready for the codes in the kingdom of God. You can't decode this thing because if you want promotion, the devil will give it to you. If you want an increase, the devil can give it to you. But our hope is in the Lord. Is there anybody that's going to believe the Lord this morning? My trust is in the Lord. The world will entice you with glory and titles and positions of authority. Let me get into something quickly. Numbers chapter 16 verse 1. Because what are we looking for? We're number one looking for the manna in the, uh, in the pot. Number two, you're looking for Aaron's budding rod. So we understood that the Ten Commandments is... Jesus ushering a new kingdom in and a new value system. What I'm focusing on right now is the promotion. So Moses is walking through the wilderness and the testing is coming. Now Korah, the son of Izzah, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and on the son of Pelath, sons of Reuben, took men, now look at this, and they rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation, men of renown. So you have people that are in the worship team, those that are called into ministry, it's called the Levites, and they go with the representatives of the congregation, and they bring them, 250 of them, and they stand before Moses, they gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You, Pastor Max, you take too much upon yourselves. <laughs> For all the congregation is holy. Not just you are anointed, eh? We also anointed. Now watch these people. God takes Moses, 40 years old, takes him, puts him in a desert for 40 more years, strips him, prepares him and makes a rod out of Moses. 80 years of preparation. They walk up and say, let me tell you now, we also anointed. Don't speak to us like that. 
You take too much upon yourselves. For all the congregation is holy. Every one of them. And the Lord is among them. It's amazing how arrogant people can get out of someone else's anointing. Why then do you exalt yourselves? Why are you promoting yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? God's a God of order. If there's anything you understand about the kingdom of God, the reason why you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind is the first commandment is because God's a God of order. So Moses, so when Moses heard it, he fell on his face. He says, oh my God, here comes trouble. Because anytime you don't understand authority and positioning and ranking in the kingdom, you die. And he spoke to Korah and all his company and saying, Tomorrow morning the Lord will show who is his and who is holy and who will cause him to come near him. That the one whom he chooses will cause to come near him. I want you to pick up from verse 20. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. Now the Lord's watching this. Separate yourselves from this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. Then they fell on their faces and said, O oh God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin and you be angry with all the congregation? So the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the congregation saying, get away from the tents of Korah, of Dathan and Abiram. Then Moses rose and he went to Dathan and Abiram and the elders of the Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation saying, depart now from the tents of these wicked men. Touch nothing of theirs lest you be consumed in all their sins. So they got away from around the tents of Korah, Dathan and Abiram. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the door of their tents. It affects their wives, their children, their sons, their little ones. Anybody that does not understand authority in the kingdom of God and thinks that this is a general thing, the pastors are wasting your time. Why don't they come and also pray for people? I am telling you, you better ask for the mercy of the Lord to come because there is a ranking in the kingdom of God. God doesn't see, you know, like the world is telling you, don't worry, no male, no female. Just, you know, they don't, 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 you know, we, we, when we pray, we say amen and a woman. You crazy nuts. Because God's got an order. Wisdom is the ability to recognize difference, man. Difference in ranking, difference in people, difference in days. Wisdom is the ability to recognize difference. Why would you need to recognize difference? So you may know whom to honor. And if you're, if you're lacking honor in your heart, it's the reason why you are failing in this life. So they dishonored Moses. And it affected their children. And Moses said, by this you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works. God honors those who honors him. For I've not done them by my own will. We didn't come here. This is why the fasting is here. We didn't come with our own ability. I am not coming with my own strength. I, have, I could not speak 20 years ago. I could not. I had to go to God and say, if you don't put wisdom in me, if you don't put the ability to speak in me, I'm going to fail. Whatever I do, I'm leaning upon God. And if these men die naturally, like all men, then they are visited by common faith of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. He says they're going to die an uncommon death. But if the Lord creates a new thing, opens his mouth and swallows him up, I'm on verse, verse 31, please. Let's just hop forward. It came to pass as he finished speaking all these things that the ground split apart under them. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up and their households and all the men with quarter and their goods. May you repent this morning for dishonoring the house of God, the men and women of God. 
So they perished. And the fire came. They run to Moses. These families are destroyed. Listen to the scripture in verse 41. We're still busy with the Aaron, Aaron's budding rod. Because these people thinking they can also function. Having never paid a price. On the next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses. The next day. The next day. Not even wait for from one Sunday to the next Sunday. Complained against Moses and Aaron said, you've killed the people of the Lord. God never even waited for this one. Next verse. It happened when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron that they turned toward the tabernacle of the meeting and suddenly the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared in it. This time there's no wasting time. Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of meeting because God's here. And the, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Get away from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. And Moses said to Aaron, take a censer and put it from... So he runs to, to the altar and he, he fetches the censer. And he goes and he stands, the Bible says, and he stood between the living and the dead. They never even asked God. They just said, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy upon the people. Because God sent a plague and the people were dying. Could there not be the reason why the people are struggling? So many people, we have to say, you know, so sorry, rest in peace. You know, every single day, we're sending condolences. Oh, we, we, we just, is, is it not just, and I'm not saying this is everybody, but I'm asking a question. Could it be that the plague that's in the land, could it be that there's been dishonor in the land? Could it be because we've dishonored the pastors, the leaders, the men and women of God? Could it be that people have found that it is a common thing? They treat pastors as if we are all common. And I'm telling you today, the plague can stop if we can start to learn to bring honor back into the house of God. Understand the ranking that comes in the kingdom of God. Understand that God has raised up sons and daughters. I didn't come out here with my own ability. I didn't come here because of somebody that sent me. God prepared me in the wilderness. God made a way. Come on, somebody. I didn't come to look for a title. I know that God's anointing is upon my life. Could it be that we have dishonored the order of God? That many people are dying. Come on. I am believing God that this plague is going to stop. I am believing that God, as we bring honor back to a generation, that people's lives are going to be saved. Let everybody shout and say amen. <sighs> Psalm 75, verse 6 to 7. Listen to me, child of God. Let me, let me, let me get into what Aaron's budding rod is all about. So we need, to, we need to close. Numbers chapter 16 shows what happened. Let's hop to verse 17 because God has got an answer for this. Numbers 17, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and get from them a rod from each father's house. All their leaders according to their father's houses, 12 rods. Write each man's name on his rod. And you shall write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi. For there shall be one rod for the head of each father's house. Then you shall place them in the tabernacle of meeting before the testimony where I meet with you. And it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose, who God chooses, you did not choose me. I chose you. 
You don't make you. The rod of the man whom I choose will blossom. Thus I will rid myself of the complaints. So God fixes the complaints of the people by showing you where the anointing is flowing. To show you where his power rests. Go back, verse 5. They're making a complaints against, against you. I'm going to fix it. So Moses spoke to the children of Israel. Each of their leaders gave them a rod apiece. For each leader, according to their father's houses, were 12 rods, and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses placed the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. Now it came to pass on the next day. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I want you to see the fasting in all of this, leader. Men and women of God, you got to hear me. You can't come with your own ability and your own strength into the kingdom of God. Because what God does is think about the rod. A rod. Where? What was a rod? A rod was a stick somewhere. What, did it, what, what happens to this rod? The rod gets cut off from the root. That's what God does. He breaks you off from the system of the world. Then he strips you. So you look naked and you look bare before the Lord. That's what the fasting does. All your supports, internal supports, external supports, the stuff that made you look really good, God strips that thing from you. That's what he does. That's what fasting does. Because if you go and you promote yourself, you get yourself into trouble. Because if people put you up, they can, listen, if God puts you up there, no man can take you down. And this is what God does. He strips you. That's what fasting does. You go before the Lord, not, I am, I'm clever, I know the scriptures, you try to impress the Lord. No, you don't. You lay in the presence of Almighty God. That's leadership. Because you don't want to let things grow that you don't want to grow. God strips you from your life and the people that supported you and always told you how wonderful you are. They're not there anymore. Because they internal supports. God then also removes external supports because God wants to be your only source. And then he takes this thing supernaturally and he rids himself of who's the leader. Let me tell you what COVID has done. You see, when David came onto the battlefield, all pretenders left the table. We need to know who's anointed. But you can't tell me who's anointed until somebody's been cut off from the world system. Laid bare in the presence of Almighty God. Has a message from the kingdom of God. So Aaron's rod sprouts, puts forth buds, produces blossoms, and heals ripe almonds. Gets fruitful overnight. The Lord's going to make somebody so fruitful during this time of fasting. I see you as a leader rising up as a mighty man of God and a woman of God because God, what's God doing? He's ridding the people of the complaints because you see, as long as we all have jobs and we all have security and I got my degree and you got yours and I, this is my title and look at my new house and look at my new thing. It's when God has stripped every single one of us. We're soon going to find out how, who's in the presence of Almighty God. We're soon going to find out who's actually the anointed in 
in our midst. Come on, somebody. The devil wants to give you promotion. God says, I will promote you in my kingdom. Come on, somebody. Psalms 75, verse 6 and 7. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is judge. He puts down one and he exalts another. You don't need to promote me, devil. Come on, somebody. You need to shout back to the devil. I am not jealous of anybody's anointing because I am anointed all by myself. I am not walking with an inferiority complex. I know who I am. I don't need anybody to try and encourage me. David said he encouraged himself in the Lord. Is there anybody going to grunt to the word of God and say, Lord, today I need fresh manna from heaven. I need a fresh answer from the kingdom of God. I need you to show me who I am. I know that there are people that normally send me a word. But today I'm coming to the word of God. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I'm going to sing myself happy. I'm going to think myself happy because I am in the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. I don't need somebody to promote me. You don't need anybody to promote you. When your time is ready, God is coming to fetch you. If you remain faithful, God is coming to fetch you. I am telling you, your life's going to bud in the season. I see you being fruitful. People are coming to find out uh, you are the authority from God uh, because you are under authority. You can walk into those codes. And I say, I know who I am. Devil, this money belongs to my family I have the code. I know who I am. The kingdom is first in my life. And I have an authority from God. I am not begging anybody. When God is done with you in the season, you're going to owe no man a thank you because the kingdom of heaven is upon you. Is there anybody telling the devil, you can't take me to the top and think you can bring me down. You can't come and think you're going to promote me. And then when the time is up, you remove me. The devil is a liar. We're going to go from strength to strength. We're going to go from glory to glory. We're going to go from faith to faith. I need the worship team up here. We're going to begin to walk with authority. We're going to walk knowing who we are. I need somebody to shout and say yes and amen. Hear what the Lord is saying. Your place in the wilderness is teaching you about the power of the anointing. That's what Nicodemus said. No man can do the things that you do except God be with him. That's the power. It's one thing for you to understand the plan of God. Something else to walk in the power of God. In the wilderness you're exchanging. There's an exchange taking place. I'm finding out the codes. I'm finding out who I am. I'm discovering that actually I have a governmental anointing upon my life. I'm discovering that when I walk into a place and I say this week, I can tell you this, the power of God on our lives this week, that the Lord said not tomorrow, Sow that seed now so you can have a now breakthrough. Where you're coming into, your victories are going to come cheap. Because fasting and praying is the work. 
When you walk on the ground, it's mop-up operations. Oh, oh that, and I was expecting that. Oh, that's how the contract works. Oh no, they said no, but because of the fasting and the praying, you can shift the heart of the king. You can't keep my money from me. I'm going to get you. The, you will be tormented until you let my money go. I'm not going to come and beg you every day and listen to your excuses. You're going to get choked. You're going to release my money. Because I'm not running after things. Things are running after me. I'm in the kingdom of God and I know who I am. I have an anointing of God upon my life. I'm walking in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. I am walking knowing that every day, whatever my family needs on the day, I can fetch. I'm not get, waiting for end of the month to get paid. I get paid every day in the Word of God. I walk into the presence of Almighty God and I call things into order because the kingdom is a place of order. And I don't need somebody to come and try and promote me and let me work in their system. The devil is a liar. You're going to owe no man a thank you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me end. Promotion. Protection. Provision. It's all in the kingdom. Ask yourself, why are you fearful of running out? As long as you have the code, you can walk into every meeting and command victories. You can transfer the money in that meeting because you have the code. Listen to me. The enemy is not going to hand over the stuff to you. He's never going to relinquish control. He wants to hold the money. He wants to be the decision maker. He wants to keep the people in bondage. That's his job. But you can walk into a place and command your car to be released today. It means I have authority. Stop playing this game. This is real. For the kingdom doesn't only come in word, it comes with power. Why can you walk in sweatless victories? Because you've got the code. You've gone through your fasting and time and you meant business with God. And you walk back in the power of the Spirit. So the news goes out about who you are. Because you're holding the code. Somebody say amen. Let me give you a secret. If you, here's extra study for those that want to. Those that are seeking. It's found in Luke chapter 18. Verse 18. Now a certain ruler, you want to know about the provision? You want to know about authority, promotion? You want to know how the kingdom works? Go and read Luke chapter 18. The rich young ruler encapsulates all of that and why he couldn't come in. He asked for codes. Listen, listen to the problem. Look at the start of the scripture. Now a certain ruler asked him saying, I'm watching your disciples walking with the codes. And I see them operating with the Zoe life. The God kind of life. He says, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? 
What's the problem? What's the problem? What shall I do? In the kingdom of God, not you do. He do. You lay your life down and you let him strip you from whatever you need to be stripped of. And so he can do through you that you can become a rod in the hand of Almighty God so he can use you. Jesus said to him, well, give into my, into my mission. He says, he's rich. He acquired what he acquired through the world system. He says, well, you know the law. Love your mother, love the Lord. He says, I've done all of it since my youth. So it tells me even though you are disciplined, does not mean you're operating in the kingdom. Because it's built on me. He says, no. Sell what you have. Give it to the poor. Take up your cross. Follow me. He had a problem with Jesus' vision. There's a vision operating in the earth right now. The kingdom of God is at marching along. Not everybody was asked to sell all they have. This rich young ruler, scholars believe, was going to replace Judas. But he couldn't. He was sad at that saying. And Jesus said, how hard it is for those who made it in the world to try and come through it is easier for a camel to come through the eye of a needle. The eye of a needle is a wall in the wall of Jerusalem. It's, it's a door in the wall of Jerusalem that the camels, when they came at night, the big door was closed. This small little door in the wall at night, they would open up this door, but it meant that the camel, whatever the camel had on him, would be taken off. The camel would come in and be dragged in on its knees, praying, humbling, to come through into the kingdom. It gets taken off this side of the wall. When the camel gets back on his, on his feet, the goods are loaded back on. That's what God does. God's not take, trying to take your fun away. He's just trying to be the source of everything that you do. He doesn't want the enemy to ever promote you. He wants to be the one that loads you up, blesses you, increases you. This is the coding. Peter says, ho, ho, ho. What about us? We've given up everything and we've come to follow you. He says, no one having left houses, mothers, father, whatever you give up for the kingdom, you will inherit a hundred times eternal life and in this time, a hundred times more. That's kingdom. That's the coding. I'm asking you this morning, child of God, where is your trust? Industries are crashing. The world's in a mess. Where is your trust? I am announcing in the heavenlies, no mistrust here. Come on, lift your hands in your home and just tell the Lord out of your own mouth, say no misplaced trust. I trust you with my life. Come on, tell the Lord. I look to you as the author, the developer, and the finisher of my faith. Your kingdom is first. 
I'm here to honor you. I'm here to submit to your order. I'm here to bring in your kingdom. I'm a son and a daughter of the Most High God. I know that I'm a man under authority. And when I speak a word, people are healed. Come on, somebody. You can just speak a word and send it to the house. I am also a man under authority. And if I decree and declare a word, you don't have to come to church. I understand the power of authority. Hear me. I am a man under authority. When I speak a word, it's going to come and hit your home. It's going to raise you from that sick bed. I don't have to come there. You're going to get up. You're going to feel stronger with nobody, nobody laying hands on you. Why? I'm under authority also. It is a new day. I believe your fast this week is going to show forth the glory and the power of God. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you could ask me, Pastor, why Jesus? Listen to me. Every leader that claimed to be a savior of this world died but there's only one whose tomb is empty the one that Jesus that God chose to sprout to bud to bloom to bring forth the only one that is alive out of the 12 tribes Aaron's rod tells you the one that God has chosen Jesus is God's choice. How do I know? Because He's alive. You must be born again. Otherwise, you cannot see the kingdom. You can't come in, in your own ability. Not what must I do. You lay your life down. And He makes you. He makes you. That's what the fast is reminding you about. He's going to make you. It's a new day. If you want to receive Jesus Christ, this is your prayer. You lift your hands and you say, Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe you died on the cross for a sinner like me. And I ask you to come into my heart. Cleanse me of my sin. Give me a brand new start. I've come to lay my life down in your presence. Do as you need to do. I did not know that I was a preacher. I did not know I'd be leading a great movement. I did not know that God will connect me with people across the globe. My life is fruitful for the kingdom of God. Out of being a systems analyst, bragging on the world's titles and promotions, God promoted me in His kingdom and He's still not done with us. But I cannot take the credit and I cannot take the glory. My fasting time reminds me that God is my source, my only source. Everybody else is a resource. This is what the kingdom is all about. Don't let the enemy try and promote you. Don't let people try and entice you. Let the devil go to hell. You wait upon the Lord and God's going to do mighty work in your life. If you confess that, that scripture, you and that, that word, that prayer, you're saved. You are saved. Welcome to the kingdom. Uh, the Lord will help me. I'm out of, I'm out of message. Uh, out of time, not out of message. Luke 16 verse 10. Let's receive an offering. I hope this message has blessed you this morning. Has anybody gonna got the codes this morning? Is there anybody going to decode and do some things for the kingdom of God? He who is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. 
Therefore, if you, have not been, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon. What is unrighteous mammon? Money. He calls it least. He says, who will commit the, the, to your trust the true riches? What is the true riches? The codes. How will God give you the codes of your future if money is holding you? If you always have an issue around money. It's unrighteous mammon. It's the only thing the devil can tempt you with. And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? I want my vision. I want my vision. Who did you serve? No servant can, no servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. He calls it unrighteous mammon. Now give me Romans chapter 11. Verse 16, how do I take what is unrighteous? Because money is unrighteous. It's an unrighteous thing. It's unrighteous mammon. How do I then turn it into something that is righteous? You're asking a good question. Have a look at Romans eleven sixteen. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, the, so are the branches. How do I make the root of my money righteous? I tithe. Boom. I give my first 10%. And now it turns from unrighteous mammon to what is righteous. Because now the root is holy. And the 10, 90% of the branches is also holy. And the wisdom of God and the mind of Christ. And this is how you let the devil know you are not in his system anymore. I take my tithe and I said, no devil, you can't tempt me. This, I know I have need, but I'm making the root holy. And God rebukes the devourer for your sake. And God opens up the windows of heaven. And your life becomes, begins to increase. And your business multiplies. Why? Because God is first. That's the kingdom. You seek first the kingdom of God. Don't let the enemy tempt you to give away your tithe. What is the tithe? It's 10% of what you receive. Don't let the enemy lie to you. You know what the enemy does? Oh, go pay that account first because you need to take care of you. Then the gate breaks down. The car breaks down, the cat gets an ingrown toenail, and it, it takes, listen, the tithe leaves your account whether you give it or not. It's where your first 10% goes to. Welcome to the kingdom of God. You seek first the kingdom. Now, you can't tempt me with money. And if you irritate me, devil, I'm going to keep on sowing even more. The kingdom is first. I don't need your promotion. And I don't need your provision. Let no man say they made you rich but God. You honor God and you take the 10% and you make it holy. Because the righteous planted it in the house of God. And all its branches are holy. And your life, you walk in victory all the days of your life. I bless you today from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Your giving, your living the kingdom of God, your priority.
your sowing. Whatever you do this week, you are getting codes to unlock the real wealth. This cheap money stuff that the enemy is tempting you with is nothing compared to what God has got for you. True riches is the anointing that brings in whatever you want on any day. Healing, answers, finances, bread, food, a dinner, clothing. These things are added because things are secondary when the kingdom is first. We love you. God bless you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. The kingdom, your promotion, your protection, your provision, your progression in this life is because you're in the kingdom of God. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue risen against you in judgment. Condemn those tongues. Condemn them. You will walk in victory all the days of your life. Welcome to the kingdom of God. I see you as a son of God. Strapped in. I see those doors opening up to you. I see the doors cannot be shut to you anymore. Because you've been given keys. You are a child of a living God. We love you. God bless you. Let's go rejoicing this morning. Amen and amen.